Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Thomas, and it's my honor to be your host. Tonight we'll be visiting a place where magic prevails, a place where one legend is still whispered across beach bonfires and passed down from generation to generation. It's the legend of a girl who believed in mermaids, and this wonderful story was written by Chase. First though, a quick word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes life can present us with moments that feel like crossroads, and it doesn't always seem clear which path to take. Whether it's a career change, or perhaps feeling like you need to work on your relationship, all these decisions can feel daunting at first, but therapy can help you map out your future and build trust in your own decisions. I've found such a lot of benefits from therapy, particularly when it comes to discussing how to move forwards in my life. So if you're at a stage where you feel you need that neutral ear to listen to you and provide some guidance, give therapy a try with BetterHelp. BetterHelp is entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash get sleepy to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash get sleepy. Before we venture out to the sandy shores, where our story begins, let's get ready for a deep, restful, sleep. Now that the day has come to an end, slide beneath the covers and gather the soft, silky sheets around you. Snuggle down and find that sweet spot of complete comfort where the bed feels like it was created just for you. Begin to slow your breathing, imagining a thread of calm coursing through your body as you breathe in. And as you breathe out, envision that thread leaving through the tips of your toes, taking with it any stress or tension. Deep breath in and out. And alongside that release of tension, Allow any noise in the mind to fade out and drift away, replacing it with the sound of my voice, giving yourself an opportunity to be fully immersed in tonight's story. Breathing in, and out, sensing tension and disruption gently departing. Once you are settled and sleep beckons, imagine an island with a rugged coastline. Here, A mysterious stone tower stands at the base of a cliff. This 
is where our story begins. Every legend and every fairy tale has some kernel of truth to it. The legend of Mala is no exception. Her story is a tale of finding one's place in the world. On the island that is now named after her, visitors flock to the shore to seek out the famed mystical watchtower where the legend is rumored to have begun. The tower is very old and it is covered all over with drawings and etchings of tails, fins, flukes and mermaids. No one knows how old this tower is, or who made these markings. But one thing is for sure. They say, the tower is from the legend of Marla, the girl who helped the underwater world, and was rewarded in turn with a gift that she just couldn't refuse. Marla was a young girl when she first felt the call of the ocean. She couldn't explain it. It was like some invisible force, some tether physically pulled her towards the water's edge, where she'd stand mesmerized. more than any other feeling in the world. That tug was consistent. She simply believed it to be her wonder and joy at the majestic blue expanse of the ocean and her inexplicable love for swimming and exploring. Believing that every other child felt that same pull, Marla never really questioned it. She grew up in a small cottage in the southern isles of the continent and was raised by a local healer named Louise. Most of the time, Marla was content And yet, she always felt a little out of place, except when she was on the beach, near the water which called to her. She would feel that unseen tether pulling her to the shore at all hours of the day and night. And she would go to the water by the mysterious tower on the beach. It was set within the rocky cliffs that angled their way around the western side of the small island. Marla visited the secluded beach so many times as a child. Her guardian, Louise, chalked it up to a curiosity about nature. And so, as Marla grew older, Louise granted her more and more freedom to explore. Every moment of that freedom saw Marla swimming in the waters by the tower 
that otherworldly structure, decorated in exquisite etchings of mermaids and underwater life. There weren't many children her age in the village, so Marla didn't have many friends. At times, she longed for companionship and adventure. But when she was at the beach, or swimming in those sparkling cerulean waters, she felt like she was surrounded by things to explore. Sometimes, she would comb the glittering expanse of sand for the rare and precious blue pearls that the island was known for. Nowhere else in the world had this kind of pearl. These pearls were larger than regular ones, and so beautiful, shining in shades of aquamarine and sky blue, that they were rumored to be the most wondrous things in all the world, either on land or in the water. If you were lucky enough to find one, and pick it up, you could spend hours gazing at its shimmering iridescence, a kind of flickering bluish-green light that shone so brightly, it almost seemed as if it was lit up from within. It was said that magic, real magic, the kind that made kingdoms quake and oceans roar, existed inside of those pearls. They must only exist in legend, Marla thought, as she had never seen one on any of her countless beach excursions. Neither had Louise, who had seen and done nearly everything that could be seen or done. Louise did have a few of the lesser pearls, the smaller, duller sisters to the magical ones. The healer used them in her poultices and tonics, as even they had healing properties. If Marla were to say anyone was truly her friend, she would say that Louise was. Despite the age difference, or perhaps because of it, the two enjoyed their time together. Over the years, Louise had learned all of Marla's quirks. For example, the only kinds of food that Marla liked to eat were fresh vegetables, plants, or seafood. Louise always joked that Marla was more suited to living underwater than anywhere else. Night after night, Louise sat by her bedside, regaling her with amazing stories. It was Louise who told her of the mermaids of old, which were Marla's favorite tales of all. Perhaps it was those stories that instilled in Marla a belief in the creatures of the deep blue sea, the ones that were also etched on the ancient stone tower that she loved to explore. The ocean was vast, almost endless, 
who knew what truly existed beneath the waves. It would be no surprise that these mermaids Louise spoke of loved, cared, wished, and dreamed, just as the humans on land did. When she wasn't at the beach swimming, or playing at the tower, Marla was at the healer's shop, helping Louise with the preparation of potions or tonics. She would often stay long into the evening to listen to every story the older woman shared with her. Mermaids weren't the only fantastical creatures Louise spoke of. There were also stories of fairies on land who communed with nature. Every plant, bird, and insect spoke to the fairies, keeping them apprised of all the happenings. The fairies even knew about Marla, Louise said with a wink, for they knew about everything and everyone. Those stories brought such wonder to Marla. Oh, how she yearned to see the fairies and mermaids for herself, to witness those stories come to life. She would often stay up long after dark, dreaming of such things, of becoming so attuned to nature that she could communicate with all of it. There was no doubt in her mind that these magical creatures existed and could do these amazing things that Louise spoke of. Everything just made more sense if they were real, Marla thought. To Marla, the healer's stories were more than just tall tales. When she heard them, they tugged at her, just like when she felt that pull to the ocean. It was as though they were imbued with a magic of their own. She never dismissed those feelings. She was sure that there was something magical pulling that tether and sometimes she even thought that she could hear whispers spoken to her whenever she was outside, especially near the beach. Marla knew deep down that one day her dreams would come true, that she would see those creatures of lore for herself. Her unwavering hope and belief kept her anchored in those dreams. According to the legend, those dreams came true the day Marla felt the most earnest tug she'd ever felt. As usual, it brought her to the water's edge by the tower. Marla had been helping Louise plant flowers in her garden when it happened. She put everything down and left, making her excuses to Louise, who smiled yet said nothing 
as the girl rushed across town towards the water. Marla was standing on the rocky shore right by the tower when the moment she'd been waiting for finally arrived. She saw a girl's head slowly rise above the water's surface. But this was no ordinary girl. A swirl of purple, blue, and green hair pooled around her, and a set of bright emerald green eyes stared into her own. Without even having to see the similarly colored tail beneath the surface, Marla knew, right then and there, that this girl was a mermaid. Transfixed, Marla stared back until the mermaid waved her webbed hand, motioning for Marla to come towards her. Not wasting another moment, Marla splashed into the water and swam right for the creature, her excitement a tangible thing. Upon reaching the mermaid, it was all Marla could do not to stare at her beauty. She was so stunning. The mermaid opened her mouth to speak to Marla, only for a stream of garbled sounds to pour out. As Marla raised an eyebrow, clearly not understanding, the mermaid sighed, and then signaled for her to duck underwater. It was one thing to meet a real mermaid, but what happened next was even more extraordinary. The beautiful, ethereal mermaid brushed Marla's forehead with her fingertip. The second her smooth hand touched the girl's skin, there was a flash of green that pierced through the darkness of the water. And then, all of a sudden, Marla could see and hear everything, and she could breathe underwater. Her surprise and joy must have been evident. The mermaid grinned as she introduced herself as Vera. Marla could only glance around in awe at her surroundings, at the now crystal clear water. She could see far into the distance and far below her. Each and every detail was rendered infinitely clearer and more nuanced. She could see every sliver of sunlight dancing through the water, each individual scale of every fish in sight, and the myriad glittering blue-green scales of Vera's tail. She was mesmerized by the way every flicker of movement sent shafts of iridescence into the water. And Vera's voice was a symphony of sound, 
traveling effortlessly through the water. It was simply astounding, more magical than anything Marla had imagined, even in her wildest dreams. Vera waited for a moment, giving Marla time to take in her heightened senses and adjust to the changes. Then she took the girl's hand in her own and asked her for help. She explained that Marla had been summoned here to the underwater kingdom, the world of the mermaids, for a reason. Vera told Marla that she was special. She could hear the call of the deep. That was why she had been chosen for this quest. And that also explained why Marla had always felt that inexplicable pull to the water. Marla listened, wide-eyed, as Vera began to recount the story of the Mermaid Queen. The Queen had lost a sacred heirloom. It was a string of blue pearls, the same pearls that Marla had heard about in stories. The queen treasured this magical necklace, having worn it her whole life. It was priceless, and it had been missing for a while now. At last, the queen had asked for help. She asked Vera to send out a call through the water and over the land. The mermaids knew that only those who loved the ocean and believed in the existence of their species could succeed in getting the necklace back. The call for help had gone out, said Vera, and now here they were. Marla was the only one who had shown up, without a trace of fear or trepidation, and with only wonder and bravery in her heart. Should the girl complete the task and help the Mermaid Queen, a generous reward would await her. Marla was amazed at this turn of events. It was a quest, a real-life quest. She could hardly believe that she had been chosen for such an honor. She squeezed Vera's hand and beamed at her, telling her, that, of course, she would help the mermaids. Besides, she knew the island like the back of her hand. Vera hugged Marla's neck, her tail swishing through the water as she wrapped around the girl in an embrace. Then she pulled back and opened her hand to reveal the most beautiful thing Marla had ever seen, a real blue pearl. It was smaller than what she'd imagined after hearing all the stories. Vera told her 
that the blue pearl possessed enough inherent magic to aid Marla in her task. Handing the pearl to Marla, Vera explained that it would help lead her to the necklace. Like calls to like, she said, as is the way of all things. Marla clung to the pearl and nodded, telling the mermaid that she would do her best. After retrieving the pearl, said Vera, Marla should go to the tower on the shore. By the base of the tower was a small niche in which a bell hung. It had always been ignored, viewed as part of the tower's enigma, but Marla learned that it was there for a reason. The mermaids would hear the bell, and Vera would know to come for her. The two embraced again, and Vera once more extended out her palm to rest on Marla's forehead, removing her magic so that Marla could return to the land and begin her quest. As Marla felt the magic leave, and her body and senses return to normal, she swam to the shore. When she reached it, she waded through the surf, all the while gazing intently at the blue pearl in her hand. It was faintly pulsing with power. Marla plopped down on the sand so she could dry off a bit before beginning her search for the blue pearl necklace. The whole experience felt surreal, yet it also felt so right, as if she had been made for this very thing in this moment of time. She couldn't think of a greater honor than to help the mermaids. And so, with the rest of the day ahead of her, she got to her feet. Clutching the pearl tightly in her hand, she began her search. She wasn't quite sure how the magic in the pearls worked, but she could feel the power of the one in her hand, and she assumed that it would increase the closer she got to the necklace. Marla decided that the best course of action would be to try different directions and see which produced the most intense reaction from the pearl. Choosing to go north first, she started to walk towards the center of town. The longer she walked, the less the pearl seemed to throb. Taking that as an answer, Marla then retraced her steps, and this time chose to go east. East took her along the rocky shore of the beach, and it didn't take much time at all for her to feel the decrease in the power of the pearl. 
retracing her steps once again, and considering that south would lead her right back into the water. She then went west, past the tower by the cliffs. And sure enough, the pearl began to throb and hum in her hand, its intensity growing by the second. Delighted to be heading in the right direction, Marla sang a jaunty tune while she walked. By now, the sun was hanging high in the bright blue sky. She passed by beachside cottages and brilliant green clusters of palm trees, stopping to eat some of the delicate fruit. It tasted so sweet and juicy. Resuming her walk, it wasn't long before the pearl grew so hot and hummed so loud in her hand that she knew she had arrived at the place where the necklace must be. The area was a small grove of trees a little way inland with ample shade. Marla began to comb the area, keeping her eyes peeled for that telltale glimmer of iridescent aquamarine, which would match the color of the pearl she carried with her. She shuffled through the brush and looked along every inch of ground. She circled every tree and searched every nook and cranny. But it wasn't until she turned her face up to look higher into the trees that she saw it. Something shimmering in a bird's nest, in a tree close to her. When she got closer, she realized that the necklace was draped over the nest. It had obviously been taken by magpies, who were notorious for being treasure seekers. It made perfect sense. And thankfully, the family of birds weren't home, so she could easily retrieve the precious item. Scanning the tree, she found that there were several branches she could use to hoist herself up and climb to the nest. Marla put the pearl in her pocket. Then she took a running jump to grab onto the lowest branch, swinging herself up and onto it. Good thing she was nimble, she thought, as she surveyed the branch above. She scurried up the tree quickly. Soon, she was within reach of the nest. With trembling hands, she reached out and gently pried the necklace from the magpie's nest. Vera had told her of the necklace's beauty, but there were no words for just how beautiful the string of blue pearls really was. 
and the magic it contained was impossible to ignore. It absolutely radiated power, and it shone so bright that it was almost hard to look at. Marla didn't waste any time in slipping the necklace over her head as she shimmied down the tree, jumping from the last branch to land on the ground. Her knees shook a little, but she remained upright. She touched the necklace one last time, savoring the thrill of power she felt before she set off for the beach. Reaching the tower, Marla began to circle it, looking for the niche. When she found it, she stuck her hand in and rang the bell just once, knowing that this was all that was needed. Then she went down to the shore and waited. It was only a matter of moments before Vera's head popped up out of the water. Marla made her way through the surf and swam to reach the mermaid. The second she did, she followed the same steps as before, going under and letting Vera place her palm on her forehead so that she could breathe and speak to her. Marla excitedly handed Vera the glorious necklace as she told the tale of how and where she found it. All Vera could do was shake her head in amazement Marla had brought back the most precious object in the mermaid kingdom. They were all so grateful, said Vera. The only gift that the queen could think to give her was one that made Marla's eyes go wide. Vera explained that the queen was offering the girl the gift of a lifetime, to become a mermaid herself if she so desired. It took Marla all of a second to respond. Yes, she said, yes. To live underwater, to become a mermaid, Marla couldn't wish for anything more. She accepted the offer then and there, and gained her stunning mermaid tail that very moment. It is said that Marla found her people, the mer people that is, underwater. She finally found her home that day. That is the legend of Marla, the legend of a mere mortal, a human being, helping a kingdom and becoming a mermaid herself. It is a story of finding one's place in the world through the power of belief in magic 
and things unseen.